You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Father, um, there's plenty of distractions in life and God, going back into to work and um, being around family and I'm getting back to the regular routine of things, God, and just the distractions that just kind of hit us from left and right and all around. Um, God, in this moment, just clear out those distractions. Uh, Spirit, um, speak clearly to our hearts. Let us hear what you have to tell us today. And God, in what ways you desire us to change and what ways you desire us to press in and what ways um, you desire us to embrace truth and fight the lies that we've been believing. My God, we just ask that you move here today. In your son's precious name, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 15 today. But before we get there, let me read you this quote by uh, Dallas Willard. It says, who teaches you? Whose disciple are you? Honestly, one thing is sure. You are somebody's disciple. You learn how to live, uh, you learn how to live from somebody else. There's no exception to this rule. For human beings are just the kind of creatures that have to learn and keep learning from others on how to live. And as we kick off this new series that we're calling Apprentices of Jesus, where we're looking at this idea of who are we learning from? Who are we disciples of? I think it's easy for church people to look at it and say, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus. Of course I am. But are you really learning from Jesus? Is that your source of, of wisdom and source of life? Is that the place that we go to for, for, for our everything? Or am I relying on others? Not that others are necessarily bad, but if that's our only source. Or I'm relying on social media or what some you know, distant philosopher has told me. Who am I to being discipled by? Is it just media in general, the, the TV that I'm watching? What, what am I allowing to change my behavior and define who I'm supposed to be? That's what this apprentice of Jesus is really about. As we kick off this new year and look to 2024, we, we want to have lives that matter and make a difference. We want to have lives that are full of joy and peace, regardless of what's going on around us. And it comes from being a disciple of Jesus or apprentice of Jesus. So over the next three weeks, we're going to unpack this idea. What does it really mean to be a disciple of Jesus? I'm going to give you the main idea for this whole series. And if you want to write this down, it's that a true apprentices or true disciples of Jesus abide in an intimate, life-giving, fruit-producing relationship with their Savior. Let me read that again. True apprentices or disciples of Jesus abide in an intimate, life-giving, fruit-producing relationship with their Savior. You've, you've heard me quote this verse before, but, but my life verse is, is John 10.10. 10. Jesus tells his disciples that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to get rid of you. He wants to limit your impact. He wants to, to limit what you can accomplish. In this life. He wants to stick you inside of fear and anxiety so you're frozen in time and you don't move. But, and Jesus says, but I have come to give you life and give it to the full. I want to give you life that's, that's full of joy. I want to give you life that's full of purpose. I want to give you life that matters. It's going to make a difference. 
I want to give you a life that, that you accomplish things beyond what you ever could dream of. Because I did it in you and through you. Right? That's the life that we all want. We want a life that makes a difference. You know, we can lie to ourselves and be like, nah, I'd rather have a life where I just kind of sit on the couch and, and, and just veg out and, and, not, and just be lazy and not have to worry about it. And you look back over a few years and you get disappointed with where your life turned out. Because we all want to make a difference. We all want our lives to matter. We want our relationships to matter. That's true of every human that has ever existed. But somewhere along the way, we believe the enemy's lies and say, this is all I'm going to get. This is all I'm going to experience. I'm always going to have this anxiety. I'm always going to have this fear. I'm always going to be wondering. But that isn't the life of a disciple. That isn't what Jesus called us to. And that's what we're going to unpack today. If you have your Bibles, John 15, and these are famous verses. If you've spent any time in the church, you've probably heard them before. But we're going to ask God to speak through them in a new way. Verse 1, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, most likely in the upper room, uh, the same place they had the Lord's Supper, the same place he predicted uh, Peter's denial, the same place he told them he was headed to the cross. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener, cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branches can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Other versions switch out the word remain with the word abide. And I think abide probably captures the, the heart of, of the, original, you know, the original text of what Jesus is saying here. Because the definition of, of abide, um, or at least the definition that, that kind of applies to, to this text, is to, to have as one's home. So Jesus is saying, like, let me be your place. Let me be the place, the source of everything. Let me be the place where you find life and joy. Let me be the place where all wisdom comes from. Let me be that place for you. That when life gets hard, I'm your refuge. I'm your protection. Let me be that place. Abide in me. Be with me. But that isn't always the case that we typically take, right? If we're honest with ourselves, oftentimes we, we try to do it on our own and just ask God to kind of, hey, can you intervene here and, and, and there? Can you just kind of jump in on this one thing? That's all I need you for. And then you can go back to doing whatever you were doing. But that isn't what Jesus wants from us. That isn't the life he's calling us to. He wants everything. He wants every moment of every day. He wants your thoughts to start with him and to end with him. You want to experience the full life. You want to experience this, this place of joy. You want to experience peace. This is where it comes from. Walking with Jesus. Not believing in Jesus. Not having a belief system that we hold on to and, and we say, well, I'm a Christian and this is why. No, no, this is, this is everything. That he's the first person I go to when I wake up. He's the first person or the last person I go to when I put my head to sleep. That he becomes my everything. And I think for many of us, we, we find ourselves in this place, and especially at a new year. A new year, something about humanity, we like to look back and just reflect on where am I today? 
Am I any better off today than I was a year ago? Have I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish this last year? Am I more like Christ than I used to be? And I think for a lot of us in the room, if we were honest with ourselves, the answer would be no. I'm not more like Christ than I used to be. I haven't gained. I haven't taken those next steps. I know there's still things God's calling me to that I haven't done. And we get stuck. And this is what we're going to talk about today, about how we get stuck. But before we get there, I want to point this out, because I think this is, this is huge. Look back at verse 4. Remain or abide in me. But then Jesus continues. As I also remain in you. This is a two-way street. This isn't just Jesus, it isn't just Jesus demanding, hey, come to me, come to me, sit at my feet, come to me. He's like, no, no, I'm gonna come to you too. We're gonna be in this together. We're gonna talk more about this idea in week three as we talk about being a partner with Jesus. But this is it. He's not asking you to do it on your own. He's not saying, hey, white knuckle it, buckle up, just get the job done. He's saying, no, I'm here with you. I want to walk with you. But all too often, we try to take control. We try to be in charge. We try to ask Jesus to bless what we're doing rather than to align ourselves with what he's doing. And it's kind of like this. And this is a silly illustration, but I think it's going to get to the point. <clears throat> we have our attempt at life. Right? old raggedy ladder. I'm pretty sure this thing's got to be at least 20 years old. Mom, when did this show up? Because I've been carrying it around ever since you gave it to me. Maybe South Dakota. It's old. It's got paint all over it. You step on it wrong, you're going to fall and hurt yourself. But this is oftentimes, this is our attempt at life. Right? This is the best that we can pull together and pull off. And we just sit here and we just, we just look at other believers or other Christians or we look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I read your word and I read these stories, but I don't experience these same things. When life comes in and starts to hit me and knock me down, I just fall apart. I just want to go back to bed. Because we're, we're trying to do it on our own effort. And this is what, this is what the abiding relationship looks like. It's not what I can accomplish from this chair. You're not going to accomplish enough from this chair. And we look at, at what Jesus has for us. Much bigger, sturdier, safer ladder. But, but there's fear in this ladder. Because it's different. It's unknown. I haven't experienced this ladder in the same way that I've experienced that one. I feel comfortable with that ladder. I understand that ladder. But this is this place that we end up finding ourselves in as Christians. We like to try to straddle the ladders. Right? If I just, I just hold off and I hold on to enough of my old, old ways. This is how I typically handle that situation. This is how I typically you know, go into the, the, to those relationships or into that problem. And I, I, I ask God to come along. I pull him in a little bit. I was like, hey, God, let me experience what you have for me. But let me do it from this chair. I don't want to get uncomfortable. I don't want to do it if it's too hard. But this is the life Jesus called us to. You want that full life. You want that life where you're able to get to the end of it and say, man, Jesus, what a ride. I never thought you'd do that in me. I never thought you'd be able to change that about me. I never thought you'd let me impact those people the way that you did. I never thought it could be this good. I never thought that I could trust you in any circumstances, in any situations, for any reason. 
but it's found here. It's found in abiding in Jesus. It's found remaining in Jesus. But doing this means I have to be death to self. I've got to let go. The things that have got you to this place in life isn't going to be enough to get you to the things that God wants for your life. You've got to let go. We have to stop playing this game where we're straddling these two places. And I can't expect God to show up in any way if I'm just going to sit here. God, I'm just terrified of what could happen. And Jesus is like, I know. Come with me. Walk with me. Let me be your home. Let me be your safe place. You're like, no, Jesus, you come here. And he's telling you, I can't. I can't do it from here. I won't do it from here. Because you're not going to experience everything I have for you from here. I love you too much to let you stay here. So abiding with Jesus looks like this is the building of relationship. It's, it's letting go of the control. That it's no longer I do life the way I want to do it and just ask God to bless it. And it becomes, no, Jesus, like, I'm doing it. Oh, I'm going to do it your way. But I didn't. I'm going to do it your way. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He'll let it be a process. He's okay with you straddling it for a little while as you build that faith. He's not okay with you staying here. He's got too much for you for you to stay here. But the reality is he'll let you. He'll let you live this life any way that you want to live it. That's the freedom he's given you. But you're going to keep coming to the same place over and over again if you keep trying to play this straddle game. Or you keep trying to just do it on your own. You're never going to experience those stories of miraculous change. You're never going to experience those moments where you're like, I don't know what God did, but look what God did. We're never going to see the impact in this neighborhood, in our community, in the lives of those we come in contact with if we don't get on the ladder. It's not going to work. What we've done up to this point isn't working. It's got to change. And it comes back to abiding in Jesus. Let's talk more about what that is in these verses. Oh, guys, my iPad might have died. This could be a bad day. Uh oh, we found it. <laughs> I woke up at 3, 2.30 this morning because I'm pretty sure my dog is possessed. I even prayed over it. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Early morning days, I can't, can't do this. I'm either going to kill this dog or Jesus is going to get the demon out of it because I can't, I can't. But it's been one of those mornings. This fruit that, that Jesus is talking about, Paul kind of expands it a little bit further and gives us a better understanding. And he talks to the Galatians, and I'll just read this to you. This is the fruits of the Spirit, or love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness faithfulness, and self-control. That regardless of what life throws at me, I can have joy and peace in the midst of it. Even in the most difficult of relationships, I can find patience. 
In the midst of these things, I can find, I can find this confidence that, that stems up from just being with Jesus, that I look at the world and say, there's nothing that can stop me. Jesus is for me, and he's on my side. Let's look at verse 5 here as we keep going. It says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. These truths, these, these things that, that Paul explained, they're going to become more and more true of you. More and more true of your character and how you view life. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much, bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Come back for week three. We'll talk about that. This is my Father's, this is to my Father's glory, who rightfully deserves it, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Circle that, underline that, highlight that. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I, just as I have kept my, or my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What did I tell you to highlight, underline? Remain in my love. Right? Oftentimes we read verses like this, and if we read it outside the context of the whole conversation, we can miss these things. Because at face value, it looks like if I keep God's commands, God will love me. But if I don't keep God's commands, God won't love me. In the entirety of God's word, do we know that to be true? No, God loves you because he is love. That's, that's who he is. We go back just another chapter in chapter 14. Jesus uh, explains the same thing, but he says it in a different way. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. There's this relationship between keeping Christ's commands and our love for Jesus. And in my personal experience, the more I love Jesus, the better I keep his commands. Temptation seems easier because I've fallen in love with my Savior the one that gives peace, the one that gives joy, the one that gives patience and self-control. But I have to remain in that love. I have to remain in that relationship. I have to invest in that relationship like I invest in any relationship. I have to be spending time with Jesus on the regular basis. When I say regular basis, it's got to be daily. Barna's, Barna Group tells us 8% of people Read their Bible between Sunday to Sunday. 8%. And it's not like reading the Bible is the secret source. It's spending time with Jesus and reading the Bible. Reading the words that he's spoken to us. But let's get really practical. How do we remain in Jesus? Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus in relationship. Spend some consistent time around the same time with Jesus. If you only fit in a short amount that day, you better fit in that short amount. If you can spend more time with Jesus that day, take advantage of it. This is the Savior of the universe. 
This is where all wisdom flows. This is where the power of God exists. We have direct connection to these things, and yet we don't take advantage of it. We say, Jesus, I want all of these things, but I want all these things from here. Jesus telling you, no, that's not how it works. You get it from over here. You get it from letting go and walking with me. This is how I do it. You don't have to do it this way, but this is a great way to do it. These are journaling Bibles. I've talked about these before. We'll keep talking about these. If you need a journaling Bible today, there's uh, the book of John out on um, the table with all the other books. Just take one. If you'll do it, just take one. It's free to you. Have at it. If you're not going to do it, don't lie to yourself. Don't take one and steal that opportunity from somebody else. But one side of the page, it's just scripture. Other side of the page, blank lines. We just spend time with Jesus. I open every day, every day I open with some type of prayer and I write out that prayer. That's, yeah, that's a day with a prayer on it. Whatever I'm thinking, maybe it's stuff I just got to get off my chest. Maybe it's to ask for forgiveness for things that I was convicted of over the last day. Maybe it's just questions that have been bouncing around in my head. Whatever it is, I'm just going to lay it out to Jesus. Most of the time it has nothing to do with whatever I'm reading that day. I'm just praying and talking to Jesus. One, it gets it out of my head so I can be ready to hear what Jesus wants to tell me that day. Or maybe it's something that it's going to relate and I didn't even see it coming. But then I just start to read. Anything that feels like a prompting, doesn't matter what it is. It could be just a question that pops into my head. It could be a person that I start to think about. It could be a, a one word in that thing that just takes me onto this journey. Chase the rabbits. It's okay. You're going to quickly realize as you chase the rabbits, whether Jesus is in it or not. So you're going to go somewhere, you're going to be like, that's a dead rabbit. I'm going to go back. But when I find those things, I highlight them. Put a little number next to it. And then I write that number on the next page on a highlighted spot. And I start to write my thoughts and my prayers and my conversation with God. Now, this isn't a journal where I'm talking about my day necessarily. This is a journal that I'm talking to Jesus. So when I have questions, it's questions to Jesus. When I have thoughts, it's thoughts to Jesus. I'm not just writing for the sake of writing or Bible study. I'm trying to connect with my Savior. So it's like, God, what do you think about this? God, this thing happened yesterday, and, and I didn't fully understand it, but this is kind of how it played out, and this is how I reacted to it, Jesus. That's different than be like, this is what happened yesterday. This is how I reacted to it. This is a conversation. This is a relationship. Every day. You want one thing that will promise 100% radically transform your life that you, without a doubt, will be a completely different person, more like Jesus, more full of hope, completely confident, with less fear and less anxiety in your life. This is it. Spend time with Jesus. And there's going to be days that you miss. You're going to get busy. You're going to forget. Jesus is going to be like, oh, I hate this guy. Get rid of him. No, we have a God full of grace. Pick it back up the next day. If you're sitting at lunch and, and a thought pops in your head that you're talking to Jesus about, grab your Bible, write it down. Have a record of it. But you want the one thing as a disciple of Jesus that's going to transform everything. You want to know how to have more faith in your life? Start here. 
You want to have more confidence as a follower of Jesus and your identity secured with who he's called you to be? Start here. If you want to know how to, what, what's next to do in life, what, what's the next step, what's the next journey, start here. Stop doing it the other way around. It doesn't work. Stop starting here and saying, Jesus, come to me. He'll come to you to some extent because he's a good God. But life change doesn't happen in this chair. Hope doesn't get restored in this chair. Peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. It doesn't happen in this chair. It happens when I'm abiding and walking with Jesus in relationship. I'm choosing to be vulnerable. I'm choosing to be honest. I'm choosing to talk about the hard things so Jesus can do that work. And here's a beautiful thing about this. Jesus can move in a matter of a couple of verses and he can move in a matter of a couple of chapters. He just wants your time. So don't set out time. Don't be like, I'm reading three chapters every day. Just start reading Eventually, the conversation will start to come to a close. Stop there, mark it. Come back to it tomorrow. One thing I do do is I force myself, I write on every page. Every, <laughs> I turn to a page that's blank. I'm not there yet. Uh, I just started this at the beginning of the year. But I write something on every page. One, it forces me to, to, to focus in on Jesus. Jesus, what are you trying to tell me? Because it's packed full of the truth. It's packed full of things that can transform and change your life. God's going to use it to speak to you. But forcing myself to write every page, forcing myself to slow down. Because it'd be really easy just to blow through and be like, man, another book done, look at me. That's not the goal. The goal is to build relationship. If, if the book of John, as you grab it, takes you a year, the book of John takes you a year. That's okay. As long as you're consistently spending time with Jesus. I know you've heard this message before. This isn't new. This isn't revolutionary. This isn't like, you know, some, some new revelation from God. God has literally been saying this for 2,000 plus years. I sent my spirit to dwell in you. So you have the access to this power, but you keep trying to do it your old way. You want one thing that will transform 2024 for you. You want one thing where you walk away, man, Jesus, I'm a different person. Spend time with Jesus daily. And if that's the commitment you want to make, tell your community group. Text them before you leave here today or tell them if they're here in person. Create some accountability for yourself. And then give them permission to ask anytime that they need to. Hey, you spent time with Jesus? What are you learning with Jesus today? What did you guys talk about this morning? See, she agrees with me. She understands there's evil inside of her, but she's not fully evil yet. Sorry. Sin nature. We got to, I was going to say she's perfect, but then I was like, that's just not bad. That's bad theology. <laughs> and stop myself. <laughs> but she's perfect in your eyes. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> but create some accountability in your life. Talk to others and, and let them know. Hey, this is a challenge I'm taking up. I want to spend time with Jesus. I would love to walk out of here today and see all the book of John's missing. But I'd only love to see that if you're actually going to do it. 
Don't lie to yourself. But give yourself grace because Jesus does if you miss a day. And it takes some time to build a habit. It doesn't happen overnight. But the more and more you do this, the more and more you're going to see life change in your own life. You know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You've heard this plenty of times. But let 2024 be the year you do it. Let 2024 be the year that you take the leap and you take the faith. Say, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way. It's terrifying. I can't see the top of the ladder. I don't know where it's going, and that scares me, Jesus. But the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you're going to fall in love with Jesus. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you're going to trust Jesus. The more you're going to trust Jesus, the more you're going to want to do life his way. Because it's the best way. The more I'm going to keep his commands. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, God, we know that, that this truth isn't new. Shoot, God, I heard it for years and years and years, and I took advantage of it. I thought I was secure and I was saved and I was taken care of, so I didn't need to do anything else. That worship and Sunday morning was enough. Or, God, I read your word out of obligation rather than relationship. That I was studying your word rather than being with you. And, God, as great as studying your word is, being with you is exponentially greater. So, God, encourage us, challenge us. God, let us be changed people as a community a year from now. Let us be full of faith, full of peace. That when life throws us curveballs and the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he will. God, others take notice of the, the peace and the patience and the joy that we continue to function in because we're with you, because we're in your home, that you're a source of everything. God, the reality is, majority of us in the room have been lying to ourselves for too long. We've lied to ourselves that this is enough. I'm fine. I'm going to try to do it on my own. And God, we, we, we know and we've lived this life long enough to know it doesn't work. And even the parts that do work are, are a fraction of what they could be if we just walked with you. God, encourage us. Convict us challenge us and speak to us. God, as, as many in this room are going to start this journey with you and trying to dedicate time to spending with you day in and day out, God, let that time be fruitful. God, even if it doesn't feel fruitful in the moment, let us see the fruit later on. God, be, let us be aware of your working. God, we want to be a community that abides in you that you are our source of everything, mm -hmm. that we depend solely on you, that we dream big dreams and chase after big things because we trust you. We have faith that you'll come through. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.